الحمد لله وكفى والصلاة والسلام على أعباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم فلا وربك لا يؤمنون حتى يحكموك فيما شجر بينهم ثم لا يجدوا في أنفسهم حرجا مما قضيت ويسلموا تسليما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم اللهم لا يدركني زمان ولا تدركوا زمانا لا يتبع فيه العليم ولا يستحيا فيه من الحليم قلوبهم قلوب الأعادم وألسنتهم ألسنة العرب أو كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم the greatest wealth and greatest asset that any person can possess is this great wealth of Iman that Allah Ta'ala has blessed us with. In Psalm, this is his natural inclination to things, this is his way that he manages things, and this is the intelligence that Allah Ta'ala has given him, that he always gives priority to that which has greatest importance in his life. A person possesses his life, he possesses his wealth, he has honor and dignity. So all these things are things he possesses, but there are priorities in it. If his life is in danger and to protect his life, he has to give all his wealth away, he can give it away. Because this life has more value to him than that wealth. He's entitled to protect his wealth, but if it comes to a crunch situation, he'll be ready to part with that wealth. Because he understands that this wealth can come back also. So likewise, just as he looks at the priority in these things, the greatest priority of a mu'min is his iman. He can part with everything, but he cannot part with his iman for even one millisecond. Now this Protection of this Imam is our greatest concern, our greatest worry, our greatest effort. How can this Imam be preserved, be protected? On the other side of it is that sometimes a person because of what he says, what he does, he ends up losing this Imam. The Imam is sometimes unfortunately forsaken very blatantly. Time to time these kind of things come up and these are unfortunately not isolated things either. That sometimes the Jamaat will knock on somebody's door and the person says, don't come back to me. I'm no more Muslim now, Zubillah. So this is a very blatant form of irtidaat. person openly and very blatantly renegades, goes, goes out of Islam Allah Ta'ala protect us and save us. But then together with that, there is another more subtle form. In terms of this more blatant form, more open and direct form of irtidad and renegging coming out of Islam, it shocks anybody. Sometimes family members will call or they'll come to find out how do we handle this. Allah forbid this person has left Iman, he's now become a Christian, he's become something else. And everybody is in this real concern and worry 
everybody is rightly very very perturbed. So this is all the reaction to somebody blatantly committing kufr. But then sometimes this happens in a very very subtle way. It happens sometimes in such a way that it's happening so to say under our noses. And we don't even know what's going on or due to the lack of knowledge, lack of understanding, we're not even, are not even realizing what has already happened. A person sometimes makes a statement of kufr as a result of which he has lost his iman. Person sometimes things which are beliefs of kufr. He is outwardly a Muslim in every sense of the word, but he is entertaining and harboring beliefs of kufr. As a result of which he has lost his iman. Now this is the very subtle way it happens sometimes, and a person continues like nothing happened. Everybody around him is also very comfortable. Just to understand this in the light of some examples, so that we know what we are talking about and we are able to identify with what is going on. One person, one young person came to one Mufti Sahib to inquire on Maslaq, find out something. He says, I proposed to the certain girl, I am getting married soon. But in the cause of the communication, now this communication with somebody who is not married to yet, one might be proposed, one might be whatever, but if a person is not married, the communication is haram. That is not permissible in any way. If a person is proposed to be married, he is not married. They are still strangers to one another. But now, in any case, this is what was carrying on. This person was now engaging in this conversation, was chatting, and he says in the cause of this conversation and chatting, she one day suddenly said that, but how can we really accept that the Qur'an Sharif, the Qur'an is the word of Allah, Na'udhu We are just taking the, name, the word of one man in this, which is referring to Rasulullah How can we just take the word of one man and accept that this is the word of Allah? At the most it's a book of morals and ethics. Now this is total rejection of the Qur'an Sharif being with the word of Allah Ta'ala. And this takes a person out of Islam completely. That, how can we accept this Na'udhu And the person is still carrying on as if nothing happened. She's probably still performing a salah also, Allah knows. And this proposal now, the person, Allah gave him some insight that he is now checking that is this correct? This is one example out of many, many examples. One person, one, in one maktab, two children were quarreling, one called the other baboon. So the other child very calmly said, so what? You're all from baboons. So the ustad overheard this, he called him and asked him, what's going on? He said, no, well, he called me a baboon. So I said, you all are from baboons. You see, where you got this from? He said, no, from the teacher, teacher told us in school. The teacher told you in school, so you believe that? Yes, he believes it. Now he's growing up with this fallacy. This fallacy of evolution, this fraud and lie of evolution, he is growing up with this as fact in his heart. And this negates so many ayats of the Quran Sharif. It negates all the ayat that deal with the creation of Adam Islam. <laughs> and so many other ayats. Allah describes the creation of Adam Islam, the first human being. 
traded him from sand and blew the soul into him. And then Satan and Hawa, and then the human race came along. Now he is believing he came from a baboon. Now he will later grow up to perform his salah regularly also. He might go for Hajj and Umrah and whatever other amal he will do. But if he is entertaining this as a belief, this is a belief of kufr. And this is being planted in the hearts of our children, in the hearts of people, not just happening by the way, being planted in a very, in a programmed way, in a way that has been very, very well planned. One child came home with a project, a grade 3 child, that too from a Muslim school. And he came home with a project, and the project is that he must do a project on his kilo can. Now the father was an alim, he wondering, what is this kilo can? My child is grade 3, I can't pronounce his word properly, and it's spelled very differently. It's not spelled anywhere close to how it is pronounced. So he, I never heard this word in my whole life, and this grade 3 child has to do a project on a kilo can? What is this all about? So he started researching it. And it turned out that this is the so-called start of the evolution theory. Now at that stage already, this long word, the child, father and grandfather didn't hear it, he's already been made to do a project about it. And this is planting that seed of this kufr belief. One person took his grandchildren and went for Umrah, and he said to them, now we're going to the house of Allah Ta'ala, the Lord of the Kaaba Allah Ta'ala is the Lord of the Kaaba so this child who's in primary, whatever, whichever school he was attending, some Christian oriented school, this child says, but isn't Jesus Christ the Lord? Mm-hmm. Now he's growing up in a Muslim home where Salah is taking place, he's gone to Umrah, he's standing on the Kaaba Sharif. And he's saying to his grandfather, but isn't Jesus Christ the Lord? Now he's in the school, these seeds are being planted in his heart. And, but he's coming home like nothing's happening, but it's just by chance these things are getting blurted out and it's exposing what is inside. It's exposing what is going on within the heart. And as a result, these are some very, very major examples. There are so many things where because of the propaganda via the media, via the electronic media, via whatever else, things are being planted, doubts are being created in the hearts of people who are practicing Muslims. They are practicing in every sense of the word. But when there's doubts being created, these doubts then fester. And in time Allah forbid can become the means of a person losing his Iman also. This is that Zihni Irtidar, Hazrat Mawla Abdul Hassan Ali world-renowned scholar, wrote one book, Riddatun Wala Aba Bakrindah. There's this flood of Irtidar, of religion, of apostasy, people coming out of the fold of Islam. But there is no Abu Bakr standing in his way. He was referring to the time when many people gave up Iman, or they refused to. But people far away from Madina Munawara, some of them have just recently come into Deen, very, very superficially, and they renounced Islam. When Abu Bakr became the Khalifa, and some refused to give zakat, etc., he then waged war against them, until many came back into Iman. This was the title of the book. And in that he explained this form of apostasy coming out of deen, which he calls dhihni irtidab. Oh. Intellectual apostasy. Intellectual apostasy meaning 
a person outwardly in practice is a movement. But his heart and mind are now religion, are going against the fundamentals of being. A person is now entertaining doubts regarding, for example, the law in Islam that the thief is having to be cut off, provided all the whatever preconditions are fulfilled to meet out that punishment, then the law is that his hand will be cut off. Now with the propaganda of the West and the media, even Muslims sometimes blurt these kind of things out, that this sounds a little ma'uzubillah barbaric. They are merely just regurgitating, re-skewing out the words of the West. Whereas this is the compassion on the rest of the community, that this person also will come right, and everybody else will be safe as well. But now a person, this command of the Quran says, a person harboring that doubt. The law of inheritance, person who is a teacher, a Muslim woman, and she tells the students that I don't accept this. The Muslim woman teaching Muslim students, wherever in whichever part of the country, and she openly and vacantly tells the students that this law about the woman, the male gets double the share of the female, I don't accept this, this isn't right. Which takes one out of the fear of Islam. Now these are things that are happening, and this Allah Ta'ala says in the Quran Sharif, فَلَا وَرَبِّكْ لَا يُؤْمِنُونَ حَتَّى يُحَكِّمُوكَ فِي مَا شَجَرَ بَيْنَهُمْ So let the incident behind this ayat, but the crux of it is that the Prophet passed one decree, and somebody had a doubt in this, maybe had some reservation. Allah Ta'ala revealed this ayat, that a person's iman cannot be acceptable. Until Hatta Yuhakimuka Fima Shadar Abrainahum, until they make you the arbiter. In all their disputes. Now this was the specific occasion it happened. But it means in its more general context that whatever you have given the Ummah, until they don't accept it, and then they don't have any reservation in their heart over that which you have said. Or you sell me and they wholeheartedly submit to whatever you have given. Until then, they don't have demand. Total wholehearted submission to whatever Allah Taala has given the Quran Sharif and whatever Nabi Islam has given without any question. Then one iman is complete. And here we can see all these seeds of kufr are being planted in so many ways. And then people from time to time express it. Then it, it blurt out something, only then a person realizes what's going on. And especially the impressionable hearts and minds of those children. This is now the very crucial thing. This is the problem, what is the solution? The solution is that parents especially, we have to become hyper-conscious. What's going on? What's going on in terms of what our children are coming back? They are associating with people, with other friends. They are associating, they are reading things, they are looking at things. They are coming back with things from wherever they go and visit. What is really lurking in their hearts and minds? From time to time we have to be talking to them, asking them things. What do you, what are, what are you, what do you believe regarding this? And reaffirm our fundamentals of faith. So this is one extremely important thing. And then the other thing is, that we have to connect them with the ulama ikram. Connect them very strongly with ulama ikram so that they get the right knowledge from the right sources. Otherwise there is a flood of information. But how much of the information is knowledge? That's a separate issue altogether. There's a flood of information. But knowledge is something which has come in its pure state from the Prophet <coughs> via Rasulullah 
and which has been preserved and protected by Allah Ikram. In one dua, Nabi Sallallahu made this dua. And this dua was actually a lesson for the Ummah. Allah Nabi Sallallahu made dua, Allahumma la yudrikni zaman. Ya Allah, let not such a time come upon me. And then he turned to the Sahaba Ikram. And he said, Wala tudriku zaman. Oh my Sahaba, maybe you have never seen such a time also. Allah Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi making dua. Ya Allah, let not such a time ever come upon me. What time? لا يتبع فيه العليم ولا يستحيا فيه من الحليم Such a time when the people of true knowledge will not be followed. Person say, why do I need to ask anybody? I got Mufti Google at my fingertips. I don't know anything, I just go on the internet. I don't need to bother who I'm asking and I don't need to worry about anything else. I have everything, all the information I want. I don't need to ask anybody. Nabi Islam is seeking protection from such a time. اللهم لا يدركني زمان ولا تدركوا زمانا لا يتبع فيه العليم The people of true knowledge will not be followed. Person will say, I, I'll do my own thing. Everybody is qualified to do his own thing in vain. When it comes to any medical problem, then the slightest thing he needs to see somebody qualified. He needs to see a doctor, he needs to see somebody else. It's a building issue, he needs to see an architect, he needs to see an engineer. It's something to do with some other field, he needs to go to the professional of that field. It comes to deen, the Quran Sharif, everybody is an expert. The Hadith Sharif, everybody is an expert. So Nabi Islam is telling, giving us this lesson. Seek protection from Allah Ta'ala from this. La yuttaba'u fihi al-alim, wa la yustahya fihi min al-halim. And the elders will not be respected. Qulubuhum qulubul a'ajim. That a time will come when people's hearts in our context, we will say, will become westernized. This is the context, the translation of our context. The hearts will become westernized. وَأَلْسِنَتُهُمْ أَلْسِنَتُ الْعَرَبِ They'll be eloquent Arabic flowing from their tongues. But they'll be giving some totally different ideology. Despite the eloquent Arabic, they'll be giving something against what Allah Ta'ala has given. What the Qur'an Sharif really stands for. So this is the aspect that we have to become very conscious about. We have to become very concerned about protecting our Imam, the Imam of our children. And the solution is that we keep ourselves in deen, in the efforts of deen, in the work of da'wah and tabir, in the company of the ulama kiram in the company of the mashayikh, connect our children with the right environments, with the environments of deen, and keep checking what is going on, what they are reading, what literature they have, what they are watching. All these things have a direct impact on their hearts. And Allah forbid, if they are imbibing the wrong things, this could jeopardize their iman. Allah tabarak wa ta'ala. Give one and all the topic. Allah Ta'ala save us and protect us from all these attacks of shaitan and kufr. Allah Ta'ala keep us with iman, take us with iman, and raise us on the day of qiyamah with iman.